Hello and welcome to the first full-length episode of the Seed for Serious About Gaming podcast. My name is Richard and the idea of this podcast, if you haven't already listened to the preview show, is to just give indie game developers a platform to come on and talk about their game. So if you are a gamer, then you're going to be listening to lots of interviews about games that you may well or probably not have ever heard of. So it's going to be a great source of new games for you to to, uh, come on and try and also to, to back these amazing people who are creating these games for us. So number one, this first episode... We've got a guy called Rick Oakland, um, and his game is Retro Spaceball. Now, usually, I'm going to be doing the interview with the with the developer like this, um, and then a few days later, um, I'll be doing a live stream of their game on Twitch. So you can you can tune in, you can listen to the podcast, then you can tune in a couple of days later and watch me play the game uh, live on Twitch. I am also um, going to be streaming this podcast live as i'm recording it on twitch and i will also um do a recorded version just for youtube as well so you should be able to catch it on youtube twitch the podcast via a podcast app like you are now um and that gives you no excuse to, to miss the show hopefully so let's crack straight on with it um it's a, it's a good good hour-long interview we cover lots of subjects as you're you're about to hear and I really hope you enjoy the start of this series. I'd appreciate any feedback or any um, questions that you have, um, but I'll go over those after the after the episode's finished. So here comes the interview, um, and let's go with uh, with Rick Oakland. So we're going to jump straight into it now. Um, so we have here my new good friend, uh, Rick Oakland. And I, and I managed to say your name correctly straight away. First time. I've never tested that before ever. This is the first time. Excellent. Thank you. So, Rick, yeah, well, welcome to the podcast. This is episode number number one. Episode one. We got this. Here we are. Uh, so this is going out. I mean, this is going out to so many different places, you wouldn't believe. So this is being live streamed on Twitch right now. It will be sent up to YouTube after. Uh, it will be on a audio podcast for everyone to listen to so there's no excuses for you not to the show now yeah and then i'm putting it on my podcast as well and you're doing it on your uh which is called what uh indie game dev report sorry (laughs) i stumbled on the name (laughs) indie game dev report it's still new as well and uh it's got a youtube channel as well so all right well i'll link all that in the show notes for that that's no problem and and thank you appreciate it youtube below bit and all that stuff um okay so um like i said so this is episode officially episode number one of the see for serious about gaming podcast and i'm super excited <laughs> good yeah well excellent that's good good news because if you weren't it'd be a, a rubbish first show <laughs> <laughs> uh so uh we're just gonna like as the description says i'm just gonna be interviewing indie devs about their games it's as simple as that so I've started uh, my Twitch channel. If you haven't watched me already, I, I try, I try to play indie games uh, to to let some of these cool guys showcase their games because um, some of these some of these games are amazing and they just don't get the the don't get to see the day of light really. Um, day of light, that's a new new saying. A, a light of day, <laughs> that's what I mean. Uh, so I'm just trying to showcase what 
what they do. Um, and I thought a podcast would be a cool way to just find out about the people who are creating these games. And we really appreciate it too, because visibility is just extremely difficult for indie uh, game devs. This is yeah. the hardest thing to get people to to even see it. They just they look they they look at your game and they call it spam, <laughs> and it's the the strangest feeling. <laughs> yeah, and especially now because it's weird because there are now so many indie games out there. It's kind of gone the other way where you're competing with with so many other people. Yeah. Um. So. Yeah, but it's great at the same time too, because the, I mean, the barrier for entry is so low that you have all of these devs just kind of saturating the market or whatever. But at the same time, you have all of these game designers coming from it. I mean, not all of them stick around, but there's a lot of great ones that are coming from it. There's a lot of great games, a lot of great genres, a lot of great ideas that are coming out of this. And um, like rogue, roguelites, for example, really popular right now. They're fun to play. Um, it's a great evolution um, that took obviously a very long time to to come from, but you know stuff like that is is uh, only possible because the barrier of entry has been lowered. So, of course, uh, that is fantastic, but it doesn't help you when you've got ten thousand other games out there. <laughs> um. It just makes it more difficult, in fact, because now you've got these really great games coming out; they have to compete against. And now, and some of these people, they already have a successful game. Now they have a budget. Now you have to compete against their budget as well. So you have to stand out that much more and hope that they don't know what they're doing. Hope, hope that they're just a one-trick pony. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. You have to, you have to, you have to congrat, congratulate them, you know, because they're doing a great job. Just, and, and hope that there's room for more people in the market because there really is. It's an endless market. It's a huge market. And, you know, there's ideas endless ideas as well it can always be improved every game mm-hmm. can be improved somewhere so um and it's so difficult that not everyone can do it as low as they can make the barrier game design is still difficult um and i think a lot of people when they're not good at game design they kind of fall back on the fact that oh there's just so many games out there the reality is is that most of the games out there i mean yeah there's tons of games out there most of them aren't designed very well that's just the way that it is Hopefully your game doesn't fall into that. <laughs> but you should definitely take check and, and look at your feedback and see if people are saying stuff about the game design because if there's problems that need to be addressed, it's better to do it early than later. Yeah, you can't just ignore any negative stuff. Because sometimes it's, it's, it's true, isn't it? Unfortunately. Not everything it's really difficult sometimes right, yeah. to see what's, what's true and what's not true. Um, yeah. Sometimes you get some really insane feedback, you know? Uh, one time, someone told me that my game wanted them, or made me, made them want to kill themselves. Seriously, oh they told me that on Discord, and I don't know if they were being, you know, sarcastic or whatever. But Still, I man. told them, "Thank you for the feedback," and I just kind of left it at that because I, I knew that they were trying to use that as an insult. I wasn't really fearing that they were actually going to kill themselves over a video game that they apparently didn't like. Um, so I just left it at that. Thank you for the feedback. And they responded with a whole bunch of actual valid feedback, which helped the game be better. So me just not falling into that trap made it good. So there's that. <laughs> well, if you can come out, if you can come out in a positive light after that comment, you're doing well because that's hard. right, right. And he played my game. He played probably played it again after the changes I made too. Maybe not. I don't know. It's hard to keep track when you're testing with such a wide audience. 
I do have a list of questions, but mm-hmm. uh, as I've explained already, I'm not. It's not a, a strict list. It just keep, helps us keep it a bit on track. So we're just sure. going to cover. Um, we're going to cover who you are, what your game is, uh, what's happened during development, any future plans, all that, all that kind of stuff is the stuff we're going to be covering. So I'll start nice. off with question one. But it feels if, if I say it like this, it sounds like a dating show. <laughs> so question one. We need to cue the music here. <laughs> I need a little jingle. <laughs> Sorry. So contestant number one. <laughs> Tell us who you are and what your game is called. All right. So I'm I'm Rick Oakland. Um uh, my game is Retro Spaceball. It's a pixel art vertical cosmic shooter um that's combined with pinball. So it kind of takes the genre that has its own you know tropes and things that we're aware of and then twists it by you know adjusting some of the tropes taking some out keeping some and then merging it with pinball tropes and uh mechanisms and mechanics from pinball so you've got a ball that you're trying to get to the top of the level in the most basic sense and you use a basically a galaga ship that shoots bullets um to get the ball up there and there's a goal at the end of the level. And then there's obstacles and enemies and pickups, power-ups and bosses. And it just gets more and more difficult as you progress. And all the levels are handmade. It's um, not procedural in any in any way right now. So there's very little RNG. All the randomness occurs on how the ball bounces. And it's, it's quite bouncy. It is. I mean, I mean now, usually, I, I plan on doing the interview I play the game just because then mm-hmm. I can actually ask questions about a game I don't know anything about, which is a bit more natural than already knowing the answers. So sure. in the future, in the future, generally I'll be playing the game after this conversation. But right. for this time, I actually played your game. Uh, what was it about a week ago? Mm-hmm. I have no idea. I played it before, um, and I, I streamed it. So if you're watching the YouTube version of this or the live stream, you'll be able to see my stream from a week ago playing um playing the game so if, um, you can check that out there but yeah as you said so so that's very, my game it's very unique it's very cool it looks beautiful um it's again i can't think of a game that's like this at all okay. i really appreciate that that's really awesome feedback for me i mean i was trying to make something unique but i was afraid of making something too unique and then after I made it, I was I was looking at the market and there was not a whole lot of pinball stuff. And I was getting kind of scared. And now if you look at the market, there actually is pinball stuff. So that's great for me because not only does that confirm my idea of being a decent idea or you know, mm. a good idea, hopefully, but at least a decent idea. And then I can watch to see what these people with big budgets are doing <laughs> and try to spend my money the same way that they're spending their money. And, uh, and, you know, maybe talk to the same uh, publicist or uh, not publicist, uh, same magazine publishers and the mm-hmm. same, um, you know, art or the uh, critics and stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I was playing it for a couple of hours in the end. And, and what's, what's funny is it's, it's actually quite a simple idea, isn't it? In the sense that it is, you know, it's pinball as a space shooter. I mean, as you said, yeah. it's you. You are, <laughs> um, but it works really well because you're trying to. Yeah, I, took it and it's... I thought about flippers for a while, but you're the flippers. You don't need the flippers. Yeah, it just adds, adds another thing that doesn't need to be. 
Who needs flippers when you've got lasers? Right, right. And then with the, when you get the spread and you have three of them coming out, then it's like, yeah, you really don't need flippers. Yeah, it's amazing when you get that power up. Great. So as you see, so you get power ups to change the weapon. So as your spaceship flies up the up the level, well, the, the ship kind of stays in the same place generally. Uh, at the bottom of the screen, it stays, but yes. you can move it left and right. That's um, right. There, yeah. Now, a lot of people have actually told me that I should change the um, the controls because you're locked vertically. You cannot control the ship vertically. What you can do is indirectly control the ship by shooting the ball. So when the ball reaches the bottom of the screen, it tells the player controller to move to the bottom to get so it can reach underneath the ball. Mm-hmm. If it yeah. gets to the top of the Relocation. screen, it's yeah. able to use its jets to fly up towards the ball. So it keeps the ball on the screen, um, and it keeps the player underneath the ball in a position where it can shoot it. Um, it. It takes out the hassle of having to do vertical control, but a lot of people feel like they could do better if they had that. But well, I, I feel like that's not actually the case. I thought that. Do you know, this is one. Of, it was while I was playing it, I was thinking, "Oh man, I wish I could move up up to the ball." And that is one but of my first. It wouldn't actually help you. No, no, much. it wouldn't. I know, but that's what I'm saying. So at first, that was my initial reaction, like, "Oh God, why can't I move up?" But then, as you play it, it'd just be a real pain because you'd have to keep trying to backtrack to get under the mm-hmm. ball all the time, and and you, you only kind of know that after you've played it. Uh-huh. But it makes sense. You think, "Oh, I, I, it's, a, it's, a, it's a space shooter. I should be able to fly forward." But it doesn't make sense but, to fly forward yeah. because you'd keep overlapping the ball all the time. Yeah, I totally agree with you. But since it is a piece of feedback that comes up quite consistently throughout the game's development, I do want to kind of play with it at one point and just to see what everyone's talking about. And and then I'll decide for sure if, if there's going to be any wiggle room. But I feel like it'll just be confusing to have like a, a spot where you can go and then you can't go all the way to the top. Yeah. And, but there's no point in going that high. high in yeah. the level. So, I don't I mean, know. I'm looking, I'm looking at the stream now. And... And okay. I can see where I would want to move up, but it, yeah. it doesn't. It doesn't make any sense. It really doesn't. I, I honestly, you, I, I think part of it is that the bullets need to be a little bit faster, and I'm still tweaking a lot of that stuff. So there's that, and then I'm I'm going to exactly. redesign the dash mechanics. Still, I've got a better idea for how that's going to work. Yeah, and this is the point of of testing, isn't it? This is the mm-hmm. whole reason. Yeah. Um. So okay, so there's your game. Um. So question two. Sure. Oh wait, yeah, you, I didn't ask. You didn't. I didn't answer about myself. I just oh, went yeah, who you are. You're straight for the game. You are the game. Yeah. So, do you want me to cover myself a little bit here? Yeah. That's t- yeah. Like I said. It- okay. So, like I said, I'm I'm Rick Oakland. Uh, I grew up actually in Illinois in the U.S. So, um, it was a small town called Naperville. Uh, it's actually kind of kind of pricier land value area you know uh it's it's doing pretty well but the rest of illinois is not doing that great i mean chicago's you know chicago but uh the rest of illinois is very rural outside of the suburbs of chicago which are are quite expansive but um like i said expensive so i I grew up there and then shortly after i moved out to the country and i you know learned art mostly i went to art school eventually for 3d animation and um i did that and um, no one was really hiring when I graduated because it was like the housing crisis stuff was going on and, uh, it kind of forced me to teach myself programming at that point. So I had a rough time teaching myself being like an artistic person, but I, and I had really terrible internet cause I was out in the rural Illinois at this point. 
where there was no jobs for tech people and I was like delivering pizzas and stuff like that. So I was still applying for jobs. I just wasn't getting word back from anything. And I was working on portfolio projects, but it was kind of disheartening to work on projects that no one was seeing and there were never completed games or anything like that. And that's, I wanted to do stuff like that. And they didn't really teach me that stuff at college. They weren't really teaching it at a lot of places that back then there wasn't that many schools for game design. Um, and I didn't really know exactly what game design was back then. I knew that I wanted to make games. I didn't know what game design entailed. I knew what game development entailed. And I knew that game design was part of it. I didn't realize how big of a part it was. I just thought it was kind of uh, inherent, inherited in being a developer that you also did some game design because a lot of decisions are game design decisions. If you're the one making the game and making the art at the same time, then, you, then you're making game design decisions when you're making the art. Um, but when you're working for a studio, there's a game designer that tells you how to make the art, and yeah. that's how that works. Yeah. So um, did you know? Did you when you when you said you decided to teach yourself programming? Mm -hmm. was, yeah. Was it purely for the reason to develop games, or was it for Absolutely. just because you? Oh, so that was your. I sole had no purpose. interest in doing right. it in any other thing. I I tried doing okay. some um, flash uh, web design stuff. But I've it was to sell my art. <laughs> Terribly, right, okay. I never actually did anything for anyone else with Flash, but my own stuff um, and animations. And I tried to I tried to do two D animations with uh, Macromedia Director when that was a thing back in the day, because that's actually what I started coding with. But okay. that's, that's like a whole different world, a whole different dimension back then. <laughs> Wait, so were you a big a big gamer before that before this? Or? Oh yeah, uh, console gamer. Um, I I didn't have early access to a computer growing up, believe it or not. Um, I, I, it was like an occasional. So my dad would bring home a laptop that didn't have color. You know, a big bulky LCD yeah, mouse yeah. button uh, <laughs> had Windows one point three on it, and nice. um, yeah, and it had paint, which was great because it was a black and white computer with paint on it, and I thought that was insane, <laughs> but I loved it. I love playing with paint, even though it was black and white. And then one of my friends had a color computer that was nice. I think it was a Macintosh. Um, you know, like eventually I, I well, my dad had a color computer eventually that uh, he brought home from work and it had floppies and he had Doom, you know. So I finally got got to play, stay up late night, late at night and play Doom. And that changed my life, of course. We've all done that. Um, yeah. yeah. And eventually I, I started modding Doom, uh, probably in like, 2002 or so 2003 i started modding doom and duke Nukem. So this is kind of where your the seeds were, were sown for, for you to start developing your own game is when you started modding the games that were already out there it's it's really strange how it happened because it was all happening from all these different angles at the same time because i i was actually really into music i was in bands in like fourth grade and stuff so i was already composing music and um, I was into sound effects too, because I was just into sound effects. And I, I liked making voices with my mouth too. So I was already into voice acting, but didn't know it too. <laughs> like all of these different angles were taking place. And then I was really good at art automatically. So that was like, and I loved playing video games. So I, I knew I wanted to make video games and I just ended up going to art school to try to do it. Cause I didn't know of any other avenues and i didn't think i could program i was not a math person so i just didn't think i was capable and do, do you remember what your first game idea was 
my first game idea ever. Hmm. Wow. I don't think I've ever really asked myself. That's a really great question. I mean, I have a pretty good memory too. See, but the thing was, is that I, I uh, iterated upon other people's games a lot when I was a kid and I like redesigned other people's games a lot. So it's hard to say like my when first sat down. idea, yeah. but my first original ideas. Yeah. You first, you can come back to it. Have a thing to see. If I really up. wanted to make an RPG that was kind of like Minecraft, but this was before Minecraft came out. Um, yeah. So it wasn't going to be blocks and cubes. It was going to just be like build your own fort and defend it. And uh, it would be an MMO. And this was kind of before MMOs were really taking off too. Okay. Um, but I also wanted to do like magic casting and guns at the same time. And this was before Destiny um, and stuff like that. So I don't know. It, it was an idea that kind of came into fruition. And I'm, I'm glad that it did because there's no way that I could have actually done something like that because the scope is just outrageous. Um, yeah, it's, but it was yeah, a culmination suppose, of all those games that eventually came out. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like because when you, when you start, you have no idea what what's involved. Do you? It's only now that you've actually done some game development that you realize doing an, mm-hmm. a massively online RPG role playing game. It, it doesn't you know, make sense it, to do by yourself first time. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. So, it should be but, a little bit high there. <laughs> so what happened was around like 2013, I was feeling proficient in game development and in Unity. And um, I started on my own, my first space project, and it, it was going to be a big one. You know, I was I was going to make my first big game because I had made some small, little, like tiny games, mini games and stuff like that. But this one was going to be a 2D open world, uh, No Man's Sky, essentially, that was going to have terraforming planets and different solar systems, different galaxies. <laughs> Uh, yeah, all these different stuff, but it was a twin stick shooter and different colors were different lasers had different colors and different enemies were going to be different colors. I had all these really great ideas going for it, wow. but it was just too big. It was far too big. And I got really far, but because I, I was working on it for two years. Um, oh, man. But then I was, I was coding it in Unity script, which is a terrible language, uh, but it was deprecated, right? Um, it's kind of like a Java script unity okay. language um it was like a hybrid language you're talking to a, a non-programmer uh okay, sure. okay. so a non-programmer i've written mm-hmm. several lines of python all right several right, double fingers go. okay so python's a language i'm sure you're familiar with that <laughs> yes. right? and um c sharp is a language too and that's what unity mostly uses but it also sometimes allows for other scripting languages and but it usually the usability of it is isn't that great so they end up deprecating it and it, it just kind of helps get people into it but then it does this really bad thing of like just deprecating a language on people that are used to using it and then they're forced to learn c sharp which they probably should have already learned from the beginning i guess if you're using unity which is yeah. the um, that's the underlying like truth nugget there um but yeah, so I was I was using a language that got deprecated, and I it wasn't able to do what I wanted to do, which was um, serialized uh, state saving, basically. So you would save the game. Uh, the game was too big now, and I needed to save it. And the language I was using, it was impossible to do it the way that I was doing it. And all the help I was getting was for C sharp, and everyone was like, "We'll just rewrite the game in C sharp." And I was like, "Uh, yeah, <laughs> too big for that." So that's when I started Retro Spaceball. I, I took a couple months off and did a game jam and released a game jam game that was actually pretty successful for being game jam game. I mean, it didn't make any money because it was free, but 
it still gets played. Someone just played it yesterday. I was wow. I was like, someone played Light Switch Crusader. Um, and Light Switch Crusader was a uh, a stealth game. Um, okay. It was a stealth comedy game where I did all the voice acting and played a, uh, <laughs> a homeless person that breaks into homes to okay. turn off their lights that they left on. Exactly. The Light Switch Crusader is a, he's a homeless <laughs> eco-warrior. Exactly. Um, and I, I eventually made a second level for that game. Wow. Uh, so is that available to play still? It is. It's free. It's on itch. Um, it's on. Okay. It's actually on my itch page, but it was a team project. And okay. there's credits on there. Um, one of my friends in Cairo, I can't remember his, I think his, I don't know. I don't remember what his pseudonym is, but he goes by Matt um, something. I don't remember his last name. Well, we'll, we'll check that out. Well, I'll, I'll link that as well. We'll have a look at that. I may, I may even I do a little stre- stream of that just for the- yeah game. and then him and another guy who only i ever knew his pseudonym which i kind of forget too did the music uh, which was great but that's all he did for the for the game jam was the music which was like okay but it was great music you know so we, we couldn't do anything else and we were happy to have him so but yeah me and the other dude just spent uh, spent 72 hours working tirelessly to put it out and it actually turned out great for being a game jam excellent well that's, that's fantastic yeah, yeah. So that kind of fueled me to make re- retro baseball because I was like, I made a game, it's released, and people still aren't hiring me. What the heck? <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so when did you start developing? Actually, what have you got? A year? When did you start developing retro baseball? Oh, um, in November of two thousand seventeen, I think is when I actually started. November so you know, I, it started as a paper. Uh, idea like in a notebook it was just idea in notebook when it first was conceptualized and that was probably 2013 or 14 uh, okay. but i but it was called space pinball and it wasn't it was going to be like a mobile game it was something really small um so i didn't really yeah. want to do it right away i want to do big stuff you know yeah i mean but then i was like i want to do small stuff <laughs> this could work very well on on a on mobile yeah, and originally I was doing that as well, and there's still a mobile build up, but it's really behind on updates. It's still playable, kind of. Right. I think I hope, um, but I really need to update it, and I just kind of I want to put more into the desktop version, the, the computer version, sure. and then go back to it. I think yeah, is yeah, what sure. I'm gonna end up. Yeah, doing. sure. It, yeah, it that just makes, makes sense. more sense to do it do the main because it's become a much version. bigger game than what I first envisioned. Once once people got involved. I realized that it had a lot more potential than I was giving it room for. Okay. Like so. when I first started the project, I actually only wanted it to be three months because I, I knew after scoping other projects that it was going to take 10 times longer. So I said, I'm going to, I'm going to try to make a project that's only three months, know that it's going to take 10 times longer and then hope that I can finish it. Right. So yeah. if we do the math, it's actually not too far off. I'm like, I'm like a year and a few months in development now. Or no, two two and a few months in development. So I'm getting well, it's, to that, it's that where... difficult. Um, you know, it's ready when it's ready, isn't it? That's the thing. You can't if, if, you start, it, yeah. if you start releasing a game that's not ready, you're just killing yourself, really. And I'm not. But, I like also, honestly, I was planning on I was planning on updating today, and I didn't because I didn't want to put myself through hell. And my friend was coming up from out of town, <laughs> and I really wanted to spend time with them. And we we tested my other game, uh, which is great because I'm working on a card game and it's really hard to find testers. And also we tested retro baseball because I'm working on the versus mode, which is what what I was trying to debug when he called me. 
And I said, yeah, totally. I, I totally want to hang out, even though I knew, I, man, I got to get this update out. But I'm not yeah. I'm not letting the negative effects of crunch time and game game dev lifestyle affect me. I'm, I'm not going to. I'm just, I've you done enough of that. Because if you don't enjoy it anymore, you won't be developing anymore. Right. Well, oh, the thing was, is that those two years when I was working on uh, Destruction of the Heavens was the space shooter. When I was working yeah. on that, I was crunching a lot of that for no reason, just because I felt like I needed to, to get it done. And I'm glad that I did because it taught me how to get good at programming because you're very slow when you first start. Oh, like I know. Extremely slow. You won't believe yeah, how long it took me to already good. How long yeah. it took me to print my name in Python. Right, right. <laughs> and since I was an artist, maybe I was a little bit slower than someone who's more mathematically inclined. Uh, or someone who's more organized because I was a very unorganized artistic person when I started and now I'm now I'm definitely a hybrid um, and I prefer that I prefer being a hybrid it's a skill you have to practice like anything you, mm-hmm. you know, yeah absolutely just like art too if you're a mathematically inclined person you need to practice the art side too or the disorganization is it can be a tool as well sometimes people think like oh the more organized the better but sometimes disorganization leads to different interactions that might not have occurred otherwise that's what i tell myself serendipity (laughs) that's what i tell myself i mean i i am not uh organized or um any of those things so i'm just chaos so i'm no good at any of that i'm no good at art i'm no good at programming (laughs) yeah they, they say sometimes you should take a different way home from work just to like get your brain focused on different things absolutely you should do just changes your outlook on stuff. And I, I try to do that with, with art and music and programming as well. Yeah, well, it's good. I mean, with, with, so with the game. Yeah. What, what, well, I can tell you, what is your, your, your penciled in release date? Oh, you know, honestly, I'm still working on that. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm probably going to need help coming up with that date, honestly. It's, it's so hard to come up with on your own. Um, I would like to do it in about a year, maybe a year and a half. Yeah. Uh, with you know, year and a half being some padded time, padding time that I may or may not need, and and also like I'm not trying to overstress myself here. You know, I mean, I have a job. I'm not dying for the money, but I would really like to not work my job anymore. I'd really like to do game develop, game development, game design, start a studio, hire some people to help me, and get this off the ground. So is that a, a, an option that you would look down? So um, would you be would you take anyone else on, not paying them wise, but would you take anyone else on to the project to, to help you? If oh, I'm, I'm talking about paying someone, absolutely. Um, right now I'm, I'm talking to someone to help me with PR and marketing for the launch, which would be probably part-time work. But eventually, if I had the money, I'd want someone to do that full-time. Because, I mean, it's great that I can do all the development, but I can't do everything. No, um, but but even and, the programming, would you would you take someone on to help you with that? Uh, see, programming is very expensive, um, and so w- what I've kind of done to cut costs is to make games that I know how to program. So right now, I don't feel like that's a necessity. But but as a hobby, I mean, as a, I, I don't in mean the future. I'm just saying if 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 someone oh if I found someone who was just interested and say hey could I uh, help code and yeah. I'd probably say yeah. But right now, it's it's hard to find anyone that's that interested. Of where course, they just no, ask yeah. me like hey could i have a job working for you for free you know <laughs> but but for instance if, if this podcast lives on on the internet for the next 10 years and in two oh. or three years time someone finds it and you haven't released they could contact well, hopefully you, hey, if, 
If I haven't released by then, then there's a problem. Well, there you go. That's why they can step in. But if someone listens to this in the future, however far, they yeah. can catch you and just say, hey, do you want some help with that? That sounds cool. No, I mean, honestly, I think, yeah, that's a great idea to ask. And I may or may not need it. Who knows? But, um, I, I, you know, when I first started Retro Baseball, there was actually someone else that was going to join the, the team. He really, I met him selling art at a festival in Illinois back in the day. And he's like, hey, you're making a game. This is great. I really like it. I want to be on the team. I want to help you. And I was like, that's awesome. I will like, let's just like right now split everything in half, but like follow this design document that I made. So, you know, like we'll do everything that, but we're, we're going to follow what I made here. And he's like, that's cool. I really like that idea. But as a caveat, he's like, I really want to make the game. So it goes horizontal as well. And right. I said like, wait, that's like totally that doesn't fit the core pillars of the game design that I marked out in this document. And he's like, but it's a great idea. No one's done this yet. I'm like, that's not true. Other people have done it. But the other thing is, is that yeah. we don't need that gimmick. We've already got a gimmick. We don't need to water down the gimmick. We don't need to dilute what yeah. we're doing here. We need to, to do that. I mean, it's a great idea. And I told him you should do that. If you really like the idea, do it with yourself. You know, I didn't mean to sound like mean like that. But well, I guess no, but the thing is, it, someone has to be. Like someone has to be in charge. Someone has to be making decisions. You can't. It, it's got to fall to someone at some point. And I know, wanted his feedback, but I, I yeah, wanted him to also be course. able to withstand the critique. But that's but that's like I said. So if so, as you don't want to ask people to come and help you, and people don't want to just say, "Can I help you again?" So that means I'm free to step in and say if any programmers would like to contribute to retro <laughs> baseball uh under rick's guidance <laughs> and final say <laughs> then um let me know yeah or let rick, rick know on twitter send him a message if you're interested in out or joining in or whatever you want <laughs> i hate to scare anyone off already but you there's might, some spaghetti you might say no. have to deal with. <laughs> yeah you might say get lost I'm not the best programmer <laughs> but yeah but hey you know why not why not ask it i can ask it so you don't have to there you go so if anyone's interested let me know let rick know um yeah you never know Absolutely. who knows what, what it'll bring and so, honestly just if you feel like talking with someone who's making a game yeah, I'm, I'm down for networking i mean yeah i'm busy but you know my discord is almost always on sometimes it's good to be pulled away from your game for a second yeah and just hear it and especially if you're talking to another developer Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Just to hear some different voices. So, okay, well, that's great. Um, so, has anyone helped you with the project at all so far? So, um, you know, audio or testing or or artist. Uh, I've or had a ton you... of tests. I've had a ton of testing support. Um, I have not had any art help. I haven't had any audio help. You know, I someone helped me with the promotion of a video with some audio, but nothing that's been in the game. Um, Okay. I'm trying to remember his name. He changes his name a ton, and I'm only friends with him on Facebook because that's all he uses. And I can't remember what his <laughs> actual name is. We can add um, that after. Yeah, it's. I want to say it's Michael something. I can't remember. Anyways, um, I was previously working with a different Michael, though Michael B, who is really good. Um, but I didn't actually end up having a use because I was going to use his music for Destruction of the Heavens. And now that game is defunct. So, um, okay. but yeah, uh, I did all the art, all the programming, all the music. So I, I didn't really get help in those lines, but I got a ton of help testing, just a ton. And that's really what's made the game good. Because I, I, as soon as I was out of the gray box phase, I put it up on itch. And I, I kind of jumped the gun 
on getting out of the gray box phase to put it up on it just so I could get feedback, and it really helped. I've actually got some really old versions of the game. Actually, they're all on itch, but they're they're hidden. So okay. you have to. I would actually have to make them unhidden for you to be able to download them. But I don't want to be confusing people from downloading the the real version. Sure. But I want to make a video later of all the different versions and kind of compile it, maybe speed it up or something. Okay. Because it's interesting. Like the gray box version is very interesting. <laughs> yeah. Well. Okay. That's cool. Yeah. Well, let us know again. Send me that. Send me that video when you when you when you get around to doing it. Yeah, there's actually a uh, a video up on YouTube that has the gray box stuff in it, but it's very quick. Okay. Um, yeah. Well, actually, we can make that. That's, that's no problem. Retro Spaceball, I guess, would be the, the best way. There's actually a ton of Retro Spaceball stuff if you search for it. It's kind of cool. Okay. Because after two years, you develop a catalog of links. <laughs> I'm sure you do. I'm sure there's loads of stuff. <laughs> yeah. Um, so has uh, what have we got here? So has anything surprised you? Trouble yeah, a ton. Development? Uh, so oh, when I was what, designing, what <laughs> yeah, this is a huge question. Sorry. Um, when uh, I started designing Retro Space Ball, I thought like, oh, this will be easy. It's just like Space Invaders, and it's like, and then all of a sudden, I was like, wait, but the uh, the camera should scroll and stick to the player, and then all of a sudden, it was a different game, and then it was like, how different is this? And then testing it was like, how do I do it? You know. So the what happened was. I was getting a lot of feedback and some of the feedback, you know, when you're getting feedback, sometimes it's vague or sometimes they say something that they don't mean, but they're still get, trying to get across that there's a problem and they're, it's totally valid what they're trying to say. But someone said basically that the game's controls needed to be more like Mario where they're like a little bit more drifty and slidey um, when that wasn't something that needed to be done. Um, and I did it anyways and tried it out and, and showed it to them. And they were like, yeah, this is much better. And I tried it for a few people. And like, yeah, this is fun. And um, I put it up on Newgrounds for the first time because it was like the new beta release. I made all these different changes and stuff. And Newgrounds just completely gave it like three stars and was like, all the comments was like, it's a great game, but the controls are terrible. And it was just oh. like, everything was like that. So I was like, oh, man. So I fixed the controls right away. And ever since then, I've been putting a lot of effort into control. So I think that's the the number one answer to that question. If you want to move on, that's, to that's been your bigger thing. No, no, I'm just that's it, whatever you know. It's an open ended question, but but I think sometimes well, you know it's it's a it's a twist on the genre that's pretty twisty. So figuring out the game's design was very much I had to do it in my head and had no one to ask. Like, hey, what do you think? Because everyone else is like, well, what? Yeah. So that was that was another like big like well, and people. Okay. People sometimes feel like they have to they have to give you feedback as well, and that may be where the control came from. So they feel like, well, I've got to tell him something. That might be it too. And Mario is always like, oh, it could be more like Mario, you know? <laughs> yeah, I've got to tell him something, so uh, that makes sense. I'll tell him that. And, that's probably and that's... what it was. I never thought about it that way, but yeah. you're right. Yeah, yeah. So they feel like they're helping you by telling you something, and really mm -hmm. they don't realize what what chaos it ensues after that. Yeah, so my plan is to actually make another version of my game before the because I don't plan on launching the web GL version for the final release. It's a nice thing to have, but that's all Newgrounds allows. It doesn't allow for downloads, and um, so and it's got to be free in that respect too. So mm -hmm. um, I think I don't know if you can do in-app purchases on there or not because I don't I don't have that. I don't do in-app purchases on my game. Um, Oh. So I thought about it, but I'm, I don't think I'm going to. It's just too much of a, a thing. It's just going to be a premium price game. 
Um, anyways, what was I trying to say? So I was trying to say that I want to republish my game uh, to new grounds with all these new changes and just kind of rebrand it as like beta 2.0 and hopefully get five stars and blow up a little bit more. Yeah, okay, that's a good idea. What's the next question? I didn't mean to go too far on No, 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 that's question. fine. That's just no problem. That's, like I said, it's an open-ended question because you might have said, oh, like you said, I've got 100 things or or just, no, everything's gone perfect. Well, I could keep going down the list, but I don't, I don't, I don't think we need to. <laughs> well, it's just the main, the main thing question. that surprised you is, is, you know, is what it is. So if, if it's controls, <laughs> then it's controls. That's what it was, man. Controls are very, very difficult. It, it's, it's such a nitpicky thing is what it is. Yeah, and again, people say like different controls as well. It's quite a personal thing. That's why people you go into the controls every and change, mm-hmm. change their setup straight away. A lot of people go straight into the controller settings and say, no, I want that button to do this. You know. and, and that's a can of beans I have not opened yet that I'm going to. Or a can of worms, can of beans. Yeah, can of beans. <laughs> beans so. I almost bought a can of beans earlier. That's so <laughs> I should have got those beans. You should have got them. Regretting it now. Put those worms yeah. back. <laughs> um okay so um and i know we've mentioned it a few times but where's the best place to find out about the game uh well the itch page has a lot of information uh you can go to my web my website which will link you to the the, the itch page mm-hmm. uh, my website's just my name.com which is nice it's uh rick oakland so r-i-k-o-c-l-o-n.com and that takes you to uh all of it has three games on the main web page which is retro space ball um Light Switch Crusader, and then Dodge People, which is an, a VR game that I worked on in a team, um, which is actually cool. It's a reverse dodgeball game. Uh, very funny, comical game. Okay, so I'm just checking it out right now as we're doing this. Oh, yeah, there's. I think there's a quick video on YouTube of um, Dodge People. Dodge People. Oh, yeah, I see. If you don't, if you don't have VR. This doesn't work, doesn't um, work for a podcast, so I won't explain it. But, um, right, right. Yeah, head to the website. You can, you can check all that out. It's pretty fun. Uh, it's not on my itch page, uh, but it's one of the other developers of the team. It's on her itch page. So you can definitely check it out. It's for free if you have VR. It should work with Windows Mixed Reality, Oculus, Vive. So. Very nice. Awesome. Okay. And yeah, we future. won a warp for that one. Future games. Future so games. We've, we've, um, we've spoken a bit about past games already. Um, yeah. Um, so, so a lot of so this after. stuff has actually been kind of secret, to be, to be honest. I haven't really tweeted about too much of this stuff. I, um, I've been working on my card game quite a bit, and um, that's been tweeted about a couple times now. But it's a very vague tweet type situation. <laughs> <laughs> so let's let's get into the card game. Um, so the card game. Oh, do you want to ask questions? Do you want me? To no, no, no. I was just going to say. So, so the card game is probably going to be your next game. Is that, is that right? I think so. I, you know, I think I'm going to work on two projects at the same time because um, I'm already kind of working on like three projects. So there's this other project that's kind of like sticking its head in there, and it might it might come out because it's already got a, there's a there's a dice game that is like waiting to be in production, waiting for me to find time to produce it. It's already been designed and it's ready for production. It just needs to be produ- produced, and I'm probably just going to sell it by hand, like door to door type stuff. Yeah, as mm-hmm. a physical a dice game, not, yeah. Not, yeah. It would be easy to program, and I actually already started a mobile app, but I never finished it because this was something that I did in 2016, and I just I never finished it. But I also rebranded the game completely since then. Okay, so do we have a name for the card game, or is that secret? The card game, so that was the dice game that I was just describing, but the card game is called uh, Coronal Mass Ejection, or CME for short. CME, okay. 
Are you familiar with the uh, science physics term uh, coronal mass ejection? No, I'm not. All right. So imagine that a star has like sunspots, right? Like solar yep. arcing, mm-hmm. right? Well, sometimes so they call that like a sunstorm that ca- that causes that type of stuff. Yes. So when when a storm gets like too big, there'll be a tremendous solar arc where it will lose a lot of its ra- radioactive matter, um, and it will just launch it into space. Oh, okay. That's what you're saying. Extremely terrifying, right? And if one were to hit our planet just right, it would wipe out an entire hemisphere of our planet's internet and power for probably like a week. Oh dear! Until we replaced all the transformers. Okay. Okay. And this this is something that can occur at any time, mind you. We would yeah. we would have about a day or two before that would hit us. Hit us. That we know. Oh, bummy. Sounds like. Yeah. <laughs> So this, this game that. is based off of that concept, right? It's, right? it's actually a pretty cool mechanic where the cards in the deck are recycled. You discard them, but, you know, like in a lot of card games, when you are out of cards, you reshuffle the discard pile and you use that to pull cards from. So this one card in the game is called a coronal mass ejection, and it hurts everyone on the field for three points of damage, which wipes out a lot of the lower resource cards. Um, there's there's cards that don't have any cost at, our, at all, and when you draw those cards, you can put them in your playing field, in your fleet, because um, it's a sci-fi game. You're a mothership, and you're building a fleet. So you pull a card, and you, if it says no cost, you can put it in your fleet. But if someone pulls a coronal mass ejection card, it's most likely going to get wiped out unless you've upgraded it in some way. Um, so it kind of keeps this flow of cards moving around. And then there's other events that occur outside of the coronal mass ejection. You've got solar arcing, you've got your asteroid um, shower, you've got your uh, inbound space pirates and stuff like that that affect the battlefield. They're, they work almost as NPCs. Um, so it's fun with two two people, but I, I want to test it with three and then four and then upwards from there and see how I, I how I can expand upon it. Okay, and and now another silly question again: Is that sure. physical or digital? It is. It's a physical game. I do want to do a lot of testing where I make a prototype version of the game where I use icons instead of art and uh, make a small PDF where you can print it off at home and just cut it with an exacto knife or something like that. Um, and then I also want to make it easy to do roll 20 online where, um, you download the icon decks and put them and play a game. I'll teach people on discord and we'll get some discord groups together to play coronal mass ejection online. You could could almost live stream that, couldn't you? And have a, you could absolutely. I'm definitely going to live stream it. I'm probably going to live stream the roll 20 as well as some live matches. And, uh, once I get some people involved. And then the plan is to get a Kickstarter going once I have a community for it. Okay. And lo- luckily, card games are a lot cheaper than video games to produce. <laughs> yes, they are. <laughs> so the Kickstarter won't be asking as much as a video game would. And then it'll, it'll hopefully, you know, there might be a few hiccups, but packaging and production probably shouldn't be too bad. I'm, I'm a designer, so I can do all that stuff. I don't have to pay for the art. I've got that handled. And I'm going to stream all the art. So I think that'll be a great way to grow a community for the Kickstarter. Absolutely. Well, yeah. I mean, you could you could even have people design cards, couldn't you? Yeah, for for the rewards and stuff. That is a great idea. Mm. I kind of want to do pixel art. 
Oh, I love pixel art. That's, that's I really think that games. that's going to be the idea. I haven't completely 100% decided on it because I can yeah. do Photoshop painting as well, but man, that's that's time consuming. And pixel art is too, but I really think the pixel art will sell better in the end. I think it, I think it will be a better look for the cards. I think people will appreciate it more. It will look nice. And, and pixel art is its own little sort of niche as well, isn't it? It is a very... It sure is. It is a, and I was a little style. bit disappointed when I saw pixel art playing cards already that they already exist, but it's not going to stop I me. Mean, I still, I still like the idea. Enough, so yeah, your game is your it. game. I mean, it's like, it's like mm-hmm. saying you're disappointed that someone else has got a car. Yeah, it's like whatever. I mean, <laughs> it's, it, you get that you that little <laughs> spike of jealousy, and then it goes away. Yeah, you want to be the first person to ever think of it, but, right? But it's, it's a proof of concept because if, if no one's ever thought of it, probably means that. Not that great an idea. And that's exactly what I faced with uh, Retro Space Ball, where I wasn't sure if it was a good idea or not until other pinball games started popping up. There you go. And it's just proving the concept. Exactly. So, but I mean, someone's got to be first as well. That's the other way, is it? Think about it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I wasn't first. There's a whole bunch of uh, pinball knockoffs that didn't do well. There's a few that did, obviously. Uh, Science Pinball was a huge inspiration for my game. Um, Devil's Crush and Demon or Demon Crush. Devil's Crush, I forget the name. And then uh, what was the other one? Uh, Alien Crush. Those are made by the same developer, and they're pinball games, but they were very uh, twisty. They they twisted the genre. But then, how much of it is is down to marketing and just exposure? Oh, as yeah. Well? yeah. How many good games are out there that no one's ever played? I'm sure there's loads. So you never know. You never know what what the reason for a game not working is. Sometimes bad design. Sometimes it's just poor marketing. It could be anything. Right. All of it's things. so difficult to do as well. Every step of the way is super difficult. Yeah, it is. And and if you're an indie dev, then you've suddenly got to be a marketer, a developer, uh, a social you know, fiend. You love talking to people. And that's a mm-hmm. hard skill to have, all those things. In oh, mind. yeah. Um, I just put on a face. <laughs> it's easier to talk to people when I put on a face. It's just like, yeah, yeah. I just become someone that, that talks to people all the time. You know, yeah, it's it, really difficult to do that. Again, it's a, it's a skill that they don't, probably don't talk about. A lot of people don't talk about as developers. You know, being a, a, a marketer, socialist, mm-hmm. not a socialist, a social, uh, social, being. Yeah. A social being. Yeah, that is a whole new skill set that you have to learn. Um, right, because, I mean, let's face it, we're, we're basically aliens. We sit at a computer and just, like, deal with numbers and code and art and stuff and yeah, alienate just, ourselves from society. Yeah, you do. And that's then we go to the store and pretend that we're normal. <laughs> right? Exactly. It's, it's, it's a whole new world to learn. So it's, it's, yeah. important, it's important to do. Um, um, okay, so the last thing I've got on my list is I could have stuck it in a bit earlier, but is there one? This, I'm really after a, a silly thing. Is there one thing that you've just spent on the game way, way too long on that should have you thought, or maybe it should have taken you an hour or two, and it ended up taking you like a week, two weeks? Anything particular? Um, well, there's something that almost follows suit with the question. It's so close that I got to bring it up, though. It's it's um. I, my friend was like, he's helping me a ton on the game. He loved the game idea, and he still loves it. He's still still on Facebook. He's rooting me on. He's one of the only people that rooting rooting me on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Uh, shout out shout out to Mark Huntley for rooting me on. Totally. Um, what a what a Mark. But, yeah, yeah. So he he had a oh, big list of ideas for uh, the game, which is awesome because he was researching how pinball could be further implemented in the game, and that's something that I was really looking at at the time. And uh, 
one of his ideas was uh, multi-ball, right? And I, I kind of had the idea too, but he like put so much emphasis on it that I was like, you're right, let's do, let's just, I'm going to fast track multi-ball and, and see if this is doable. Cause I wanted it, I wanted to know early on, I was at that point in development where I was making more levels and I was like, if multi-ball works, then it needs to work on every level. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course. Um, so, so I tried it out and I got it working and it took two weeks or so of like, I think I was full-time at that point. I wasn't working my other job yet of like full-time development to get it working. It was just so difficult because I'd already set up the ball to be one and the ball has a lot to it. It's not just a ball. It's a, there's a lot of physics stuff going That's on true. with the ball. It's actually got what, I think eight different balls, right? Um, or is it nine? I think it's eight balls around it that are smaller that are different targeted for your bullet. So if you hit it from the bottom, then it shoots directly up. If you hit it from the side, then it, sh- it shoots it to the side. And, and if Got you it. hit it in between and from all angles, right? So there's a lot to the ball. So not to get caught on a tangent there, but multi-ball, uh-huh. adding that was not an easy task. I had to learn all these new things and get it in there. Once I did, it was not fun. <laughs> it didn't help the game. <laughs> and it, it did nothing for the core mechanics of design. It just, just it added not- chaos. It added chaos, and it and what it did was it distracted the players, and they always lost afterwards. It helped, it hurt people more than it helped them. Um, oh. So I took it out. <laughs> God damn it, Mark! What are you doing? <laughs> no, it was a great idea. It was a great idea. It just wasn't great for the design that I had already cut in stone. But, yeah, I and, suppose part of part of development is trying the stuff that doesn't work, and and but knowing to remove it as well. And you know, I honestly, Mark helped me so much that, like, yeah, I. I Honestly, yeah, I, I appreciate the amount of ideas and the fact that there was one idea that didn't work with my game. That's fine. It's my job as a designer to test it and figure it out. So still kudos to Mark for, for providing the feedback. All right. You've, you saved yourself this time, Mark. <laughs> you're, <laughs> you're back in the good books. Um, <laughs> awesome. Okay. So that is, all, that is basically all the questions that I have to ask. Is there anything that you, you want to add question-wise? Anything you want to... You want to bring up, talk about? Mm, yeah, I mean, there's there's a whole bunch of different stuff uh, going on with me as far as the game design stuff and uh, and why I'm a game designer and stuff. But um, yeah, mostly I'm I'm just trying to to get people to play my game for the most part. It's it's been a diff- difficult path, but the more people I get playing it, the more people are telling me they like it, the more I'm working on it. So I've, I'm getting people in the Discord and. Uh, trying to get the beta out there. People are joining the newsletter, which is great. People are genuine, genuinely interested in what I'm working on, uh, which is awesome. I spent a lot of time you know, with Destruction of the Heavens. I wasn't doing like anything uh, to promote it. I had a YouTube channel that I made like two videos on, got like no views. And uh, I was trying on Facebook, but I wasn't getting anywhere because Facebook was transitioning <laughs> to having no organic reach at the time. Oh, and man. yeah, so finally, I feel like the alignment is shifting where I'm finally getting some visibility, which is amazing. And I'm, yeah. I'm hiring someone to help me with that. And I, I really think that that's going to help. So, but other than that, yeah. What I did want to say. Oh, sure. Is um, we, did, we didn't speak about the uh, bosses in the game. Oh, the bosses. Yeah. Um, because so I'd like I, to I, add actually, more. Yeah. I actually really like the bosses. That was well, I didn't when I was playing it. I was hating it. 
Was it, was <laughs> it, it was did you enjoy hating it though? Yeah, I did yeah. because I, I okay. well, you saw how long I played it for trying to beat it. Yeah. Oh my gosh! Yeah, so funny story. Um, now I I don't want to mess up this person's pseudonym on Discord. I'm mm-hmm. gonna mm-hmm. find their channel real quick. What, what was it called? Uh, I lost it. I don't know where it went. Anyways, someone who just streamed my game, I don't want to butcher their name. Um, they could not beat the last boss. They were doing great the whole game. They just powered through the whole game like way quicker than I've seen anyone do it. And uh, and then they got to the final boss and they just couldn't do it. And I was giving them tips and they still couldn't do it. It took them over 30 minutes to do it. And then so my friend was in town, like I said, testing my card game. And I had him test Retro Baseball. And he was really tired uh, by the end of it. But I was like, no, you got to play the boss. You know, just, just play the boss. And he's like, oh, come on. I'm really tired. I'm like, no, come on. You're here. Play the boss. So I forced him to play the boss. And he beat it in two minutes. There's a timer, right? It's two minutes <laughs> on the boss. I was blown away. So there's a little bit of random, I think, that, that goes into play. Well, um, it, I mean, I, I didn't actually add how long it took me. To, I should probably look how long it took me to be the boss because it took me quite a while. It was uh, 20 minutes or so. Was it? I feel like I, I just by judging the, the, you know, the scrub bar or whatever they call it. Yeah. Well, it's timeline. actually we've actually hit the point on the on the live stream or YouTube stream or whatever, wherever you're watching this. If you're watching it um, video wise, then it's actually the boss bit right now. Yeah. And it's an interesting boss. Uh, it's it was a much flashier actually at first, and it was in a flashier level. And a lot of people actually complained about the flashiness, which I was kind of being more nostalgic with it. But a lot of people thought I was just being like mean to epileptics or something. But I wasn't trying to do so. I toned it down just based on uh, public feedback. Yeah, it's um, cool. But, I, again, the artwork for again, I know it's difficult for a podcast, um, but. The artwork is fantastic for the boss. I love the style. It looks looks. Thank great. you. I, I very much appreciate it. It looks awesome. Um, yeah, it's kind of like a 16-bit style. Uh, there's no color restrictions on the color palette. I kind of just went for what looked good uh, with using my artistic uh, color theory skills yeah, and stuff cool. like that. So it's just basically um, a giant space beetle spider thing. Yeah, it's it's got a, a, <laughs> some arms and some mandibles, like two sets of mandibles, and then. Um, yeah. And it's basically blocking your route. That is the, the so the boss is you've flown through space. You've got to this little. Uh, gap it's pretty there. large too. And it's yeah, oh yeah, it's the whole screen. I mean, it's massive. Um, which but it, it looks, looks fantastic. So if you do play the demo, or w- whatever is out at the time, I highly recommend you keep going until you get to the boss because you you should definitely see it. It looks fantastic. And if you really want to, you can join the Discord and find out how to skip the levels. <laughs> <laughs> no, they must they must play it all like I did. <laughs> you must play the whole game. I never tell the streamers how to skip the levels. Yeah, I noticed. No, but I didn't watch I it. How I get to versus mode. Yeah, I, that's, I wouldn't that's want what they get. Levels. That's that's the point. Oh yeah, we didn't talk about versus mode. We should cover that real quick too. Oh, okay. Oh, well, yeah, first so... I'll cover the second boss because we talked a lot about the bug boss. The other yes. or the first boss that you encounter in the game is actually three turrets that have like weak points. And that was actually, it took me a while to figure out to get it just right. Um, yeah. But it's pretty simple as far as the game design goes. Um, and it's, it's fun. I like it. Um, I made it a lot easier. It started very difficult. It, it, that How was, was your that, feeling? That was, yeah, that was, a, I think the only, not problem, 
But the only issue I had with it was that sure. I didn't realize it was a boss. Uh, yeah. I, just I want to make the music change. This, this was a difficult bit. I saw, you know what I mean? I was like, wow, this is difficult. It was only kind of doing it. I was thinking, oh, is this like a little mini boss or something? Be- I, was, I was very experimental when I was making this game um, to test it. And some of those experiments are still present where um, that boss kind of fades, like the level fades into the boss. And then all yeah. of a sudden you're trapped into the boss room. And then yeah. this one in this particular boss that we're watching with the bug boss. Yeah. You're just automatically there in front of the boss when you start yeah, the level. It's very, it's very obvious that this is a boss level, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's not as obvious, but it was, it was a good challenge, um, and it was, it was definitely a level one boss, if you know what I mean. Yeah. It, was, uh, it, yeah. it changed a bit. The gameplay changed a bit. You had to actually be quite tactical on what you shot um, to to blow up the turrets. Um, Mm-hmm. But like I said, it just didn't. I just thought, oh, oh, this is a boss. So I know we spoke about it when I was doing the live stream about about changing the music, yeah, you know, into a into a classic, yeah. you know, I have, down-tuned boss noise. Um, I have some uh, some boss music. I wonder if there's a way that I can actually play it. Hmm, probably not. But you could link it onto the mm-hmm. the show notes or whatever. It's on yeah, SoundCloud. Well, okay, so I'll link that in in uh, again show notes for YouTube. <laughs> Somewhere or somewhere, they'll be available. Um, yeah. Just keep an eye out for those. Yeah, it's, it's, it's really interesting boss music. Someone told me it sounds like Mindless Self-Indulgence, which is interesting because I, I do actually enjoy some Mindless Self-Indulgence. Not all of it. You know, they're kind of all over the place. Um, <laughs> but it's funny that someone pinpointed that in my influences. Now, where is the music from? Have you created it yourself? Oh, yeah. Um, so I've been using this software called LMMS. I say it slow because it's hard to say fast. Yes, it is. Um, yeah. uh, but it's free software, and you can put in your VSTs. I think it only accepts 32-bit VSTs at the time, but there's tons of free 32-bit VSTs. Um, and I still had a whole bunch from back when before 64-bit was a thing. Um, so I, it gave me a chance to go through my old VST library, which was cool. But also, um, it came with a bunch of really useful uh retro sound effects and tones which is super cool and it's like i said it's free it's basically an open source or i don't think it's open source it's a free version of uh fruity loops essentially it's just like fruity loops oh. with some ui bugs and okay. you know you know how not all the corners are polished in, in the of course the free software so yeah yeah <laughs> save save often i would say if you're using it but it's usable and I, I did the whole thing on stream. Actually, I made I made the music on stream. So ah, okay, cool. so that's another thing. So you actually, what do you do? Do you actually stream any development that you do? I do. Yeah, I stream a lot of it. Um, not as often as I'd like to, because a lot of times I'm just too tired to to get as much done as I'd like to, and that would be boring to stream. Of course. Yeah. Um. So, and I main, try to keep it exciting. So the main thing, the main thing from this this show, what we're doing right now, is for you to your main want is for people just to get on the website and play the game sure you know and you know play my game listen to the podcast follow me on twitter just join the community really mm-hmm. because there's a whole bunch of us and i'm i'm promoting indie devs on my podcast i'm promoting them on my twitter i'm promoting them as as much as i can by helping with the indie dev order new uh indie dev new order i'm sure yep. you might have heard of it and if you haven't you should check it out there's a hashtag on twitter there's a Very discord good. server the yep. indie dev new the indie dev <laughs> yeah it is hard to say yeah i joined I it last week as well 
and there's it's, so it's a lot of fun there's tons of uh people just like me tons of indie devs um just like you or whoever and um tons of streamers if you're looking for games to stream there's people looking for to if you want to try something new something that might have some bugs in it but it's free play yeah. some indie games there's loads in there. it's a, it's a very good server to join so i joined it last week and there's just tons in there fantastic yeah and I'm on Twitter at Rick Oakland, just like everything else, R-I-K-O-C-L-O-N. You can find me pretty much everywhere. Um, you know, Instagram is Rick Oakland underscore art or something like that. Uh, but, you know, I'm, I'm mostly on Twitter and itch. I'm also on Game Jolt Newgrounds. Uh, I will be on Steam soon. I really want people to join the newsletter so that way I can remind them when the, uh, the Steam game, yeah. the uh, Steam page is up. And yeah, because then you can wishlist it, can't they? So, yeah, absolutely. But for now, I just really want people to play the game. So give it a shot. See if you like it. If you do, join the community and uh, let me know. I'd love to say hi, and, and I'd love to hear what you think about the game, too. You don't have to hold back anything. If there's something you don't like, it doesn't hurt me at all. I want to make the game better. It actually helps me if you don't like the game or something. Well, as I say, that is one thing. While I, while I was streaming it, you, know, you, you were very open to any, not that I had any criticism, but any ideas that I had or anything I, I was struggling with, you know, you were very any open criticism. to it. Even, it even if you don't know how to, to like fine tune it so it's positive, I'm good enough at taking negative criticism that I, I can be fine with that. Yeah, you were, very good, you were very good listening to me. Um, and again, I said, I'm not, I'm not a, an official tester. I'm not a pro. No, you gave great feedback. I'm just someone who plays games so if you do that as well then send rick your, your information you know and and also send c for serious your uh your game demos so he can test them because he's awesome at testing <laughs> i thank you because i'm yeah stopped. no you gave some really great feedback <laughs> thank you very much that's good yeah like i said if, as always if you've got a game you want me to stream send it over i'll play it and let you know what i think um so i think that is that is pretty much all the questions I had, really. Um, nice. I think we covered a lot. If we can do a, a, a follow-up once you've got maybe, um, once you've got to the point where you've done a few releases, you've done some significant changes, you know, updates, yeah. whatever, you, whatever you're going to be adding, level bosses, you know, my face in the game, anything you think of, really. You know? <laughs> uh, once you've done all that, <laughs> it is a great idea. It, it might idea. be a Kickstarter perk. <laughs> Your face is the boss. Yeah, there you go. There you go. That's so, not a bad idea. I might have to no, write that one down. You should put that down. You should. That's you can have that one for. Free. So, um, yeah. Well, it's been for for our first ever podcast episode. This has been fantastic. We've covered absolutely tons. It's been awesome. Um, and like I said, I will do another stream of, of your game because um, I enjoy playing it. So it's easy. It's easy. I, I want to thank you so much for playing my game. It's it's really an honor for you to play it and to stream it to provide the feedback it's been a wonderful experience meeting you I, th I think what you're doing is great thank you very much well it's been nice talking to you as well i mean you know it's another it's also another another friend in the community it's another contact isn't it i mean who knows where it's going to go yeah absolutely and you can tell me what the news is like over there on the other side of the ocean i can absolutely <laughs> so our, our time zones haven't stopped us recording which is amazing i thought it might be an issue it's no actually it works out perfectly Excellent. Your evenings are open. My afternoons are open. Perfect. Ah, oh, it's like a dream come true. Uh, right. Okay. So I'm gonna. That will be the. I'll. End, well, I say the end of the podcast. I'll probably put some yeah. uh, some um, bits after this, but that that'll be. We'll we'll stop it there.
Yeah. Uh, so for the live stream, um, again, this this will be out. I, I may well live stream every single podcast now. It seems to work. Cool. Okay. Yeah, why not? So you can catch all that. And thank you all so right. much for coming on. It's been awesome. Oh, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Thank you, everyone, for listening. And that brings us to the end of the first episode. I'd love to hear some feedback on, on what you thought about the show. There's going to be loads more to come. And if you do want to uh, contact Rick, you can do probably Twitter's the best place, which is um, at R-I-K-O-C-L-O-N. So Rick Oakland. If you want to contact me, you can contact me. Again, Twitter's probably the best place. You can find me at uh, C for Serious TV on Twitter. Or you can email me at cforserious at gmail.com. If you are a indie developer and you would like me to play your game, again, just send me a direct message on Twitter or an email. Let me know about your game and we'll we'll arrange a time and a date to have you on the podcast and to stream your game. Of course, uh, Twitch is the place where I do stream my games, usually, um, and I am C for Serious on Twitch. And that is pretty much everything. So I really appreciate you sticking with me to the end of this first ever episode. Like I said, I'd love some feedback. I'd love for you guys to get get in contact with me, let you know what you thought, and we'll go from there. So I've got another interview tomorrow night to record, in fact. So um, keep an eye out for the tweets because I do tweet all the information that I'm going to be going to be covering. So please check check on there, and you'll get the latest updates there. So thank you so much for joining me. Take care, and until the next one, I'll see you later. Goodbye.